so before we start today's show, I do want to say I was wrong. Giannis stayed with the Bucks. He did not go to the Heat. I'm not going to tell you where I said he would, and I not gonna, I'm not going to tell you when I guaranteed he would, but my guarantee was not true. <sighs> yeah. It's big L for you. You know what? It's, it doesn't even matter, bro. Show me a jump shot and then come back to me. Jump shot. Alrighty, alrighty, welcome in. This is the Takes on Tap show. And, well, a little bit of an earlier episode coming out. We got winter break coming up. Coming off, to do. Coming off a great weekend, aren't we? We had a very, very solid weekend. We're Another great weekend for like a fourth weekend in a row. You know what? That's pretty solid for us. We so. had a great string of luck. And speaking of luck, I, we have a new addition to our kitchen table set. I have a crystal. Uh, it's uh, supposed to bring us good luck and good energy. From hopefully, very... hopefully it does. Because the the only problem is the crystal brings good luck, but it's sitting on top of a of a Jets thing, and that's like the antithesis of good luck. Listen, so... listen. This crystal was given me by a very very uh, great friend of mine. I, I I trust my friend a lot, and I, I think it's going to bring us some some good luck in the future. All I'm saying is like neutralization of the good luck right now. Hey, it's green on green. I I, I trust the crystal. All right, all right, all right. I believe in it. So Scott, how was how was your weekend, bro? It was pretty great. Uh, no complaints at all. We had a Christmas party. Uh, we, we said last week on the show we had a plan to screw our friend Jack and White Elephant. We did. Um, we it, succeeded. It, it worked. Um, it did come with some regret. Yeah. Okay. We felt really bad. We like, felt really bad. <laughs> it was uh, funny for like three minutes. It was we, funny for about three minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I regret the decision, but it was funny. <laughs> it was kind of funny. <laughs> we we did make up for it because if you didn't already hear, uh, last Sunday, December, uh, the 13th, we witnessed the Jacksonville game. The Jacksonville Jaguar game. We, we got back. to see Derrick Henry live in person, so the Titans absolutely demolished the Jaguars, but it, exactly. we did get to go to the Jaguars game. We had a ton of fun. Uh, the great fan experiences once again. Exactly. We, 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 go back, we, we got to go back for a second time, mm. which means that I got to drive again. And let me say, oh. um, well, this time was a way better experience because, you was know, it? Well, as far as the actual game in the press box, you know, this ain't our first rodeo. We know what we're doing now. It's our second rodeo now. Second rodeo, exactly. No Gary, no no one. The only enemy I really made was Ben McAdoo. Yeah, you did. You did make yeah, Ben uh, McAdoo. Let's just say Ben McAdoo is not the biggest fan of Scott Kirk. Um, you know, if you already know, in the press box, you know, in, in the same uh, floor level, that's where some of the coaches for either mm-hmm. side go in the booth. Because, yeah. you know, not, not all not coaches. Not all of them are on the sidelines. Uh, on the sidelines, yeah. exactly. Ben McAdoo. As a quarterback coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars, like like we said two weeks ago, these hallways are very small. They're not. They're not. Uh, so I go out to go grab a Diet Pepsi, which there was no Diet Pepsi at all. Yeah, that was just, a big help. I'll just say that some 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 guy, uh, I'm not gonna say his name. He he took seven Diet Pepsis from the fridge and then they were out. That's completely. That's, that's a terrible. Bro. Seven Diet Pepsis is is too much. That's, that's just too much. Ridiculous amount. Can't do that. Uh, you know, somebody told me, you know, it makes sense because it's the old people who don't care. And I'm not going to say you're old, but I'm not going to say you're the youngest guy there. And yeah. It seemed like you didn't care. Yeah, of course. At all. Once you've been there enough, you're like, all right, this is my place. I'll do whatever I want. But, like, for us, it was kind of different because, you know, it's our, it's our second time there. We know what we're doing, but we also don't want to look like idiots. Exactly. So we want to keep that stuff to a minimum. But obviously some people don't care. Exactly. So I go out to grab a Diet Pepsi. And, like I said, these hallways are small. So I, I take a left. And I, and I take a look to my right. I see two people walking. Fine. 
all right? I take a little peek, no one there. I wait five seconds, no one's there as well, right? So I turn my head just to walk because I think the hallway's empty. And who do I almost accidentally bump into? Big, big boy, you know, about six foot four, Ben McAdoo. Um, he was not happy at all. It was, it was a complete accident, but I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, so, I'm super sorry. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. He walks off with another coach, and they chuckle. Not, not great, but let me tell you, Ben McAdoo, um, you're not even an NFL head coach anymore. So guess what? Also, you're a quarterback coach for the Jaguars. I was never fired, Ben McAdoo, so I have that That's over true. You. you haven't been fired. You know, not yet. It did make it a little better, though, because you know who we did see? Tony Khan. We did run into Tony Khan, yes. Uh, l- let me say, it was pretty nice to, you know, eyeball, uh, you know, in person. The billion dollar man. A, a five foot seven, barely, uh, half a billion dollar man. Tony Khan. By the way. Tony, hey, what's up guys? Khan. Very nice guy. Looking looking fresh. He had like a little tan blazer, black. It was. He knew what he was doing. He's got some style. He he very nice guy. Hey, what's up guys? Hey, what's up, Tony? Yo, it's Tony Khan. You walking downstairs? No more Diet Pepsi's, but no problem there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was pretty awesome. The game itself was was not great. Well, uh, the yeah, fourth yeah. quarter was a real snooze. But oh. when Minshew came in the second half, that place erupted. Oh, the press I box had was never, excited. I had never seen the actual stadium so loud. Like oh, you yeah. can hear the noise. I mean, uh, you know, during every football game, they have the uh, get louder graphic for the fans to get louder. Let me say, they the fans got louder. got louder for Gardner Minshew than they did for the graphic. Which is you know a big Which thing. Is, yeah, big thing. Big thing. Uh, great game though. Um, after the game, we tried to interview some, some Jags fans, and let me say, Jaguar fans, I know you're upset. I know you're impressed, but the Titan fans. They came out to play. You outdid yourselves. Yeah, thank uh, you we, so much. We met a couple great Titan fans, and you know, a Colts fan right next to me. Even he loved. The Titans. Yeah, it was great, bro. Like I came in there once. We, once we found Titans fans, I was like, all right. I know what I have to do is I have to be a Colts fan. And oh, no. I literally just went up to them. Like we started talking about the Colts, and we have that on video. That's going to be the fan video. Uh, for this time around, but the Titans fans were awesome. They were there. I mean, we were, we did it at the bar. They were super rowdy, but it great was time. It was, it was awesome. It was one awesome. of them bought me a beer. Yeah, there you go. Great, great time. Um, they, they, they were so much fun. Uh, we, we 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 made a couple friends. Tipton Wheeler. Tipton Wheeler. How the can real you forget MVP. Tipton Wheeler, rivaling, the number one Titan fan, rivaling you know. Anthony D'Amico. By I, the way, Tipton Wheeler takes the cake. Really? Oh, 100 percent. Oh wow, that's a big play. Tennessee fans welcoming us, uh, welcoming us in. Great time. Uh, they they did some great questions and mm, for sure. uh, it, they, they were even nice to a Colts fan. Yeah, hey bro, like we talked about the Colts and we trash talked, yeah, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all just NFL fans and we just had a good time. Yeah, and that's and not really all they were there for. So very welcoming with open arms. They, they they did say if we ever go up to Nashville, you know, take, we, takes on tap, we'll have its presence. We gave out some stickers. Some guy put a sticker on his mask. That was cool. You'll big see that. Plays, yeah. We're almost out of stickers, but it was kind of worth it. So you know what? I, it was a great experience. Very much worth it. Uh, we tried Whataburger for the first time. Uh, it was all right. It was all right. Like here's the thing, bro. Here's the thing. Not to get on too much of a tangent. There's not a lot of burgers that I like. Fast food burgers. That's so I have. To, I put Whataburger high on my list because actually it was a decent burger. Probably should have some sauce, but I didn't have any sauce. So if you, if you eat sauce for a burger, not 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 so great of a burger. Yeah, but. It's, you put ketchup on every burger anyway. No, you don't. What do you not put ketchup on? You're not a sauce guy, bro. You're the worst person to ask this question to. It, it ruins the flavor. Ketchup on a burger ruins the flavor. 100%. Covers you, it up. That, that's stupid. you got to have it medium rare. Okay, by the way, what a burger is a top three burger? Just because I don't like a lot of burgers. I'm not, I'm not a Burger King fan. I don't like their burgers. I've only had it in and out once, and I honestly wasn't a big fan. Um, 
Five Guys is great. That's my number one. McDonald's is always great, so that's my number two. And Whataburger is my, my number three. Because um, I see no, because no, I see the potential. Because I didn't have sauce, and I know it could be better. Uh, Whataburger not really gonna be ranked yet, but it wasn't bad. You can't. You don't put sauce on your burger. You can't have an opinion. They, they had really good fries. They I'll did have good. They did have good say fries. Is, I give them props. They good, good fries. Um, in the morning time. Brandon and I oh. were almost <laughs> murdered at a McDonald's. Yeah, we're not great. going to tell that story because we are not going to trash talk the city of Jacksonville. Great so, people in that McDonald's. City of Jacksonville, Jack's Beach, Ponte Vedra. You guys are great people. I love that area. All right? We love Dan Edwards, PR guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big shout out here from the Ticks on Tap Show. Oh. And also, Mr. Cameraman. Never caught your name two weeks ago. We saw you again. You know, big buff guy with the tattoos. Good looking guy. If you're listening Sick-ass now, camera, but like, if you're listening now, we appreciate you. We were looking for you, but We're like right behind you going to the press box. Thank you for being our only friend. Yeah. Our first friend, by the way. First. Ever in Jacksonville. First Jacksonville. Uh, not, not for me. Not, 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 no, no, I'm saying not at, the for ga- me, at the game. Bro, at the game. At the game. Yes, yes. 100%. You know, Potavidra. Great area. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, great time, and hopefully we have the chance to go back before the season closes. Mm-hmm, you know? For sure. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a great thing if the Jaguars ended up getting J- Justin Fields and we were able to take a trip By the way, and go like, see him. For now, though, Dan Edwards, two weeks from now, Jags Bears. Like, Jags Bears, December 27th. Still here, bro. We want to see you Bears fans at yeah. the bar. we got to get some rowdy Bears fans. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Hundred thousand percent. It, it was a great weekend, and you know we couldn't thank you anymore because you know it couldn't really happen without you guys and all the support we get. You know, once again, this is the Takes on Tap show brought to you by Belly of Sports. Let's get into the real things this week. All right, so segue away from that. Let's get into just the actual, you know, best game of the week, perhaps game of the year contender. Game of the year contender. Monday Night Football a couple nights ago. Ravens, Browns. That was a fun one. They combined for, I believe it was 27 points in the fourth quarter. Alone. Alone. That was insane. <laughs> so the the game, of course, was incredible. Mm-hmm. The big question, though, wasn't even really about the game. Well, it was, but a little bit. Lamar Jackson. Oh, boy. What this, happened? This is a good one. So okay, what Lam- happened? Lamar Jackson leaves the game in the fourth quarter. Um, at first, the commentators were making it seem like it was a cramp, but he went to the locker room rather fastly. Um, if you had a cramp, you know, the theory is that if you have a cramp, you're not going to run that fast. So the uh, speculation around the around the internet waves is that Lamar Jackson essentially pulled a Paul Pierce. You don't know Paul Pierce, former uh, former basketball player, you know, famously for the Celtics. Brandon, would you like to explain what "quote unquote" pulling a Paul Pierce is? Okay, so back in the playoffs when Paul Pierce was in his prime, I forgot exactly which year. Uh, it was a crucial game. Uh, it was fourth quarter. Paul Pierce falls to the ground, and everyone's like, he has a knee injury. He's holding on to his knee. We don't know what's going on. So they wheelchair him off the court. He's in a wheelchair. He's like, he's got his head down. He's like, we're like, he literally tore his ACL. And we were terrified. And so like 10 minutes of real time later, the dude comes back onto the court and has an incredible rest of the game. And so we recently just found out, like honestly, in the last few months, he finally said, yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And so he faked a knee injury to go to the bathroom. Smart. Smart, smart bro. It was smart. But, like... This was before memes. Yeah, this was before memes. But the good part about it is, now that we have Lamar Jackson, now we can use the Paul Pierce meme for Lamar Jackson. Exactly. So, you know, speculation that Lamar Jackson, quote-unquote, pulled a Paul Pierce. He was asked this after the game. Uh, he said false, 100% false. He said it was cramps. The more and more I look... The more and more I want to believe that he did pull up Paul Pierce because, you know, if you really think about it, he comes back. Well, first off, Trace McSorley filled in. 
and I think it's important to mention Trace McSorley might have a torn ACL. He might he might have blown out his knee. So think about this: Trace McSorley really blew out his knee, so Lamar Jackson could go pull a Paul Pierce. That's a very that's a that's a sting operation right there. That's that's quite the teammate. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I got you. And let me blow up my ACL so you can come back in. What? Exactly. But if you look at the evidence, he comes back. He plays a lot faster. Scored he a touchdown. Scored on, a touchdown. First play back. First play back. Fourth and five. Scored a touchdown. I mean, tell, tell after. I mean, I, I'd assume you're feeling a lot more fresh, right? I guess. Yeah, he's a little pep in his step. He's a little faster. Faster. Looked ready to go. Like a lot less okay. weight. It could have been cramps, and maybe he like the maybe he was just cramping up, and he just couldn't get there. He wasn't running that fast, so he goes into the locker room, gets it treated, comes back out. Now the thing about it is, I'm almost positive you can treat a cramp from the sideline. Yeah, IV is sort of a bananas, thing. Whatever. Like I, I, maybe this is just the worst case of cramps we've ever seen, but I don't think so. I honestly think he just went to the bathroom. He's not going to admit it, of course. But. Of course not. Maybe uh, it'll take some time, but uh, definitely the the. Good side of the story is not on Lamar Jackson's side. Yeah. At Definitely all. Not. Definitely not. But despite all that, enough about Lamar Jackson. It's time to give Baker Mayfield some credit. Now, yes, they, they did won. lose the game, but he played very well. He's been playing well. He played very, some efficient football. I mean, I've been saying it. Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. He's not great. He's not elite, but he's not horrible. He's not as bad as you guys make him out to be. Just stop it. I did Just this. stop it. You guys love to hate. I, I, I see it every single week. A guy could have 15 great weeks. Of football, but he has one bad game. It won't stop. It, it, it won't stop. It's the same people over and over and over again. One of my friends, every single week, some guy's a bad game. Oh, he sucks. He's horrible. The next week, oh, he's pretty good, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Make you're your, allowed to have bad games. Make up your damn minds. The only play, honestly, the only player in the league that it doesn't happen to is Patrick Mahomes because 100%. he's won a Super Bowl and he's an MVP, and he it doesn't matter. He plays for the Chiefs. Game. He plays with Andy Reid. But it doesn't but matter. He's it, just it, an, it's it, it's really annoying to me. And I, I really hate to see it. Every single week, the saga repeats itself. 100%. You know, has a bad game. Or maybe he just loses. He has a great game. Because he loses the game, he's trash. That, that's fine, bro. Really like, the case. I'm not going to say Baker Mayfield is, is the most. Like, he's probably the third best quarterback in his draft class. He is. Behind Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Now, I know yeah, that hurts yeah. for you to say, but as of right now, Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Yeah. I'm not going to say Baker Mayfield is, is this. In the system. In the system. He in the, he's not a transcended. Fra- like, he's a franchise quarterback, right? I'm not going to say he's a transcendent talent, a generational talent. He's not. He's a really, really good player. And he will go down as one of the better players that came out of the draft in the last few years, especially in the quarterback position. No, no. He, he will go down as one of the better Browns quarterbacks, which is That's more not a high bar, let's put it that yeah, way. 100%. Not a high bar at all, but still, I mean, better than what they Bro, had. That's like if Sam Darnold stays with the Jets and he has a good career, he'll be the best Jets player of all time, or mm, Jets quarterback of all time. It's pretty hard to beat Joe Namath. you got to win a Super Bowl for that. So, I mean, if he does, then that's a good thing. Yeah. Well. Uh, but, you know, Baker Mayfield, key to his success this year, and I've noticed it, the interceptions. He's cut it down. 23 touchdowns and just eight interceptions off the play-action pass. Brandon and I saw it with our own eyes. He looks way He's more comfortable in play action. In, uh, out of the play-action. The, the ability to have that mystery against the defense, I feel like that's one thing for me. Because one thing I see that Baker does really well, especially in play-action, is he's kind of sticking that short coverage. You know, a lot of times you'll have... Uh, if, he, if, if Baker rolls out of the pocket, you'll have the cornerback covering the wide receiver, and then you'll have a linebacker spying on the quarterback. Using play action keeps that linebacker on the line of scrimmage because they need to be able to make sure Baker doesn't run the football. So that then puts single man coverage on a wide receiver, and then the receiver can go make a play. That's a big thing for Baker because if he just dropped back into, you know, if he just dropped back, no play action, 
most likely he's not going to run. Yeah, the linebacker may spy, but if you're going to throw something over the middle, which Baker does a lot on play action, there's going to be there might be two guys there: a linebacker and a quarterback, so or a cornerback. So that's a big thing I see with Baker Mayfield is his ability to be able to keep that short coverage on him, and that's a big reason why I think he's had so much success this year. Yeah, and, and I think you know the Browns right now they, they just keep it up and, and they're consistent or, and no really drama or, or miracles happen. They're pretty much set to play football in January and, and make the playoffs, right? It'd be the first time in a very, very, very long time. I think 2002, probably longer long than that. Long time. Long time. And I, I've said this. I think any team in the AFC has a chance to win a game. Really. Like, I think any team can beat the Bills. Uh, any team could realistically have a shot at beating the Chiefs. The Dolphins almost did it, and, and, and they had a shot. It came down to an onside kick. Uh, and, and Cleveland could be dangerous, you know. Uh, their defense is a huge worry. Huge worry for Cleveland. But uh, if their know. offense can play like they played on Monday, then there's no even re- real reason to, to worry about it. Because honestly, exactly, but, defenses but, fail, bro. The Chiefs, the Steelers, the Colts haven't looked that great. The Browns, a lot of these teams haven't looked that great on defense. But if you can respond offensively, which a lot of these teams have been doing, apart from Pittsburgh over the last couple of weeks, then you're going to be you're going to be set to go. And this is why I think the AFC is better than the NFC. Here's my issue with the, with the Cleveland Browns, however, your defense doesn't have to be a number one defense of all time. But if you give up, you know, the game-winning field goal in, in 30, 45 seconds, that's not doing it for me at all. No, I can't. They're they're going zone coverage in, in a field goal uh, prevention scenario here. Is, that's the, that's not the good call. That's honestly the worst thing you could do. There are, the Ravens not as bad as Greg Williams, but still pretty yeah, bad. At that point of the game, on, on that play where that really got the Ravens into field goal range, the Ravens were about one yard out from their target line. And instead of playing man coverage or running a blitz play, uh, rushing five guys, they decided to drop back in zone coverage to try to force an incompletion. That's n- I'm sorry, but that's just not going to work. Because the, the, the death of zone coverage, especially cover one defense, is the middle of the field. And that's what ended up happening. Lamar Jackson had an easy completion in the middle of the field. Chip shot field goal, no problem. And, and despite the win for the Ravens, right now they're still out of the playoff picture. They're the eighth seed right behind Miami. So, you know, we're, we're, we're really coming down to crunch time here in the NFL season week uh, 16 next week. 15. 15 next week. Uh, and, you know, really it's going to come down to crunch time. Can the Ravens squeak in over Miami? That's the key. But moving on. Jalen Hurts also played football he as did. a starter he did. on Sunday for the Eagles. Wasn't bad, not at all. It wasn't bad, but I do got have, the win over the Saints. Yeah, I I do have a lot of questions. Biggest um, question. The biggest question is: Was is, he a one-game wonder? I'm not gonna. I I can't say that. You can't predict that. You can't say, oh, this guy's gonna be trash for the rest of, rest of the season. Jake Lutton, perfect example. One-game wonder, possibly. Yeah, but he was taken out of the lineup. Hundred percent. Like we know, Jalen Hurts is gonna play the rest of the season. So. Is he going to have three bad performances at the end of the year? I don't know, but here's what I saw. The big thing that we talked about this before, Jake Lutton succeeded against Houston because they had no film. Jalen Hurts succeeded against New Orleans because he, they had no film. Granted that you still have to be able to put up, you still be able to produce stats. you got to be able to do something. It's not all about, okay, if, the, if your opposing team doesn't have any film, you're going to do well. That's not the case, right? You have to be a good quarterback, and obviously Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. Um... But looking at what I saw specifically, he had 16 carries for 108 yards on the ground. That's not sustainable as a quarterback. As much as like as as great as that is, we see that with Lamar Jackson. Fun to watch too. He's fun to watch, and when he's on and when he can run the football, Lamar Jackson, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and we just saw it on Monday. 
But if you can't run the football, you're not going to be a good quarterback because then you're going to rely on your arm. And what Jalen Hurts did with his arm was not that great. 17 for 30, 167 yards and a touchdown. That's not going to cut it long term. And the problem with the Eagles is they're not the Ravens. They don't have weapons on the outside. They don't have a great defense. They don't have an offensive line. They don't have the, the other pieces that the Ravens have to be able to say, okay, Lamar, you, can, you don't have to throw 30 times. You could throw 15, 20 times and run a few times, and you'll be good to go because we have weapons, we have a defense, whatever. The Eagles don't have that. If Jalen Hurts can't run the football, this team's not going to win. Yeah, and, and, and you basically said it all right there. 100%. you got to learn to be more efficient with your passes. 17 for 30 just is not going to cut it. Now the Eagles' defense was able to stop Taysom Hill, 100%. But um, we, we just have to wait and see. Really, it's a game of waiting and seeing because the Eagles' problems don't really fall in the quarterback position. It, it's more to it. You know, the Eagles, they drafted a glorified punt returner, Jalen Rager, from TCU over guys like Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Michael even Pittman. Denzel Mims. Obviously, you know, uh, maybe the Eagles want to move on from Carson Wentz. That's a whole other discussion. We have a we, we, we partially talked about it last week. We'll talk about it more because I have a lot of thoughts. It's really we're complicated. Not, not episode, but we'll really complicated with the contract. Yeah. Really complicated. Anyway. But uh, maybe Jalen Hurts can get the job done. But fun fact, he became the fifth Eagles quarterback to rush for 100 yards in the, in the Super Bowl era. He wow. joined Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, and Randall Cunningham uh, for that um, you know stat line, right? He didn't take any sacks, but he did you know get an interception. So I saw a lot of comparisons for, between Jalen Hurts and Michael Vick. I didn't love it. I think it's too early Look, for that. We, we, I don't think, I don't think we, we shouldn't do any compare. We shouldn't be doing any comparisons. All we need to say, okay, Jalen Hurts had a good game. Let's move on to the next one. What do we see? What do we not see? We already talked about it. Jalen Hurts. We'll see how he finishes the year, and we'll see if they decide that they're going to keep him long term. 100%. And next bit of, of NFL things, right? Obviously, we saw the Jaguars lose in person. We went to the game. Also, the New York Jets lost. Uh, wow. I mean, really what, is that a shock? That's a big shock for me. They played the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they were going to come out with that one. Sorry. Final score of 40-3. Uh, 40-3. to three. Not pretty at all, but this is where the positivity Mountain starts the number one pick going upward. The number one overall draft pick right now. It's a fight between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. Right, who will get the number one pick right now? The Jets could uh, win one game and finish one and fifteen, and the Jaguars could stay uh, with their twelve. So game the Jets have the tiebreaker exactly. And so right now the Jets hold the tiebreaker. Right. So if the Jets win one game and the Jaguars continue to lose, the Jets get the number two overall pick in the draft because Jacksonville has the quote-unquote, tougher schedule, even though they beat the Colts, right? So a couple scenarios. So the question is, do the Jets go 0-16? Their remaining opponents this week, they go to L.A., they play the Rams the week after. Go back home, their final home game, they play the Cleveland Browns. Their final game is in Foxborough against the the New England Patriots. Do the Jets go 0-16? Yes. You think they do? It's not even close, bro. I'm sorry. The Rams, they're going to get demolished by the Rams. They're going to get demolished by the Browns, and maybe they'll have a good game against the Patriots, but it's not going to be enough. I think the Patriots are a better football team on defense. Okay, well, I have a couple scenarios. Here's my doom and gloom scenario, right? So so the first doom and gloom, you go 0-16. I really don't want to go 0-16. Bro, that's more painful. Get over it, bro. You're going to get the number one pick, so it doesn't matter what your record is. Going 0-16 is more painful than, than... than getting the number one overall pick at one and fifteen, it is. Look, 
Honestly, I, I don't understand why I don't want to finish so winless. Bro, who cares? You got to get one this win. This team sucks. So just move on. It doesn't matter how many wins you get this season. You could win out and have three wins. You could have zero. You could have one. You could have two. It doesn't matter, bro. But you get the number one pick, you're fine. That's all you should be worrying about. It doesn't matter about your Hold record. Hold on. There's a second doom and gloom scenario, okay. all right? And th this was brought to my attention from someone I watched recently. Um, yeah, sure, the Jets win their game. Perfectly fine. But what if they lose that game? Or, or what if they win that game against the Patriots? And the Jaguars don't win a game either. You know what that means? That means the Jaguars get the number one pick, and the Jets get the number two pick. And I feel that the Jets are dumb enough to take Justin Fields over Sam Darnold. That's a conversation for a different episode, but boy, oh boy, I don't love that scenario. That's my doom and gloom. But Brandon, I, I think I see you have some uh, dream scenarios. I do. Let's go for, for two dream scenarios. The first one is actually not about the Jets. It's about the Jaguars. The Jaguars have the number one pick. They take Trevor Lawrence. Do you want to know why? Why? Because here's what's going to happen. If we get to go to Jacksonville next year, not only do we get to see the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, we could possibly see the Jaguars get Trevor Lawrence and play my Indianapolis Colts, and that would be a dream scenario for me. So that's my first one. That's for personal reasons. The second one is that the Jets get Trevor Lawrence. That's not for me, but that's for you, because so, I know so, you really want it. So, so basically what you're saying is that either way, you're in heaven. Bro, my team's my. I'm, I've I got a playoff team. I might get to see Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you get Trevor Lawrence, and you won't be depressed every Sunday. So that helps me out because I don't want to see that. So you never know. You know what I think though. Going back to what you said about Justin Fields, here's what the Jets should do. What I think they should do. Do you? Well, I want to ask you a question. If the Jets get the number two pick and they don't get Trevor Lawrence, do you think they should take Justin Fields? I give you three scenarios. Do you think they should take Justin Fields? They should keep Sam Darnold or trade back and get Zach Wilson. Perfect, perfect. So, actually, I have uh, th this brings me to my uh, dream scenario. To answer your question, uh, this is actually in one of my dream scenarios. I, I also have two okay. dream right, scenarios, let's hear it, let's right? Hear it. So, the first one, right? Jets, you know, win a game, 1 15. Boom! We're not 0 16, but we have the uh, number two pick. Fine. You know what we do? We trade back, get a better head coach, which is the key to everything. The key to everything is getting the head coach. That's the overall key first, right? Because I'm sorry, Sam Darnold is way too talented. This roster on paper is way too talented to tell me that it was the talent on the team. It was the coaching. 100%. You can DM me. We'll have a conversation. We're not, we're not going to do it on this episode because it would take too much time. But you call me. You have my phone number. You call me. I will tell you every single reason, reason why this team loses. And not all of it will be on Sam Darnold. But yeah, dream scenario. Trade back, get more draft picks for Sam Darnold, get the right head coach. Boom, that's a dream. Might not happen that way though. So my second dream scenario, right? We still finish one and 15. The Jaguars win a game. Look at their schedule. Jacksonville's schedule is not really too hot either. No, it is not. So they have this coming weekend, they're at Baltimore. That's not, that's not going to be a win. They play the Bears, which could be a win. And then they're in Indianapolis for week 17, which I don't expect to be a win either. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe Jacksonville wins one of those. Jets win a game. And then the Jets still get the number one pick. They snag a head coach, Joe Brady. Trade Sam Darnold to the Colts. And, you know, you got a team on your hands. Not my favorite one, but definitely better than the alternative. So you Justin trade Fields. back for who? Zach Wilson? I would trade back and, and draft, uh, I would draft a wide receiver. I, I'd draft a cornerback. But you said I, trade I don't, Sam Darnold to the Colts. Yes, if, they, if the Jets get the number one pick. So the, Okay, so... Oh, okay, so if the Jets can number one, 
you get Trevor Lawrence, trade Sam Darnold. Exactly. Yeah. If they get the number one pick, only if they, only if the Jets have the number one pick. Okay, pick but if Trevor they get Lawrence. the number two pick, where are you going to keep Sam Darnold? Hundred percent. Okay. Yes. So, so you think Sam Darnold is the second best quarterback option available behind Trevor Lawrence? Yes, okay. I, I do believe so, so. Justin Fields, Trey Lance. All these guys. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's man. Right. Sam Darnold is my guy. That's cool. That's he cool. is That's my cool. favorite player in the NFL behind Russell Wilson. Uh, he's he's my favorite. And, and he course. he's a sexy guy. He's a good looking guy. He's, too he's nice a great him. guy. I mean, the man said he wanted to be a jet for life. Who says he wants to be a jet for Sam life? Sam Darnold does because he's a great person. I love Sam Darnold. All right, all right. I love cool that guy. Bro. Cooler bro. He's my favorite player. I will never not buy his jerseys. So segueing away from that, uh, he just had to have a you know antidepressant cup of coffee. Let's talk about something fun, something positive. I'll tell you something fun, something positive. All right. Let's talk about the Kong beer bomb. Oh. You gotta love the Kong beer bong. My buddy Dan, big fan of the Kong beer bong. He just bought one. He used our creator link. We have QR codes now. All right, we're gonna post it on Instagram. Scan the QR code. All right, go over to their website. Oh, you pin that on Twitter. Check it out. All right, the Kong beer bong. It's made with EVA foam technology, chilling your drink longer so you can party harder. Their team also created the first beer bong can. Right, that's right. It's a beer bong in a can. It's a, and also it's a, it's also a cooler to help you bring the good times anywhere. It's personal and portable. And you know what the best news is? You don't even have to use it for beer. You can use it for soda, for water, anything in a can. If you want to have fun, just get a Kong beer bong. Like, there's no even second thoughts here. Gotta love the Kong beer bong. Bring it with you anywhere, all right? The park, outside, your friend's house, personal, portable, Coca-Cola, Sprite, Miller Light, whatever you want. Doesn't even matter. Kong beer bong. Check it out. And guess what? You don't even have to buy a beer bong on their website. You want to buy a beer bong table? Go ahead. Go ahead. They have some great quality stuff. You want a hoodie because you're cold? Boom. Kong beer bong has got you covered. You need a bottle opener? Of course. Boom. Kong beer bong has got you covered. Check out the link in our show notes. Go over to Twitter. If you can't find it, it'll be pinned. If you know me personally, I will give you the QR code. It will be posted on social medias. Check out the Kong Beer Bong, great sponsor of the show here on the Takes on Tap show. Moving on. Speaking of Kong Beer Bongs, let's talk about college football. Yeah, college football. We got a lot of questions here. So the college football playoff is rolling around. And there's one big question that is surrounding those four teams that are in currently. Should Ohio State be in the college football playoff? What do you think? Um, I don't love Ohio State. Being in the playoff because they played five games. Their sixth will be coming soon in the uh, Big Ten championship game, which they were granted an excuse by the Big Ten committee to play in the championship game because they're Ohio State. They're Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. I get it. I get it. They're 5-0, but five games just isn't enough for me. They're going to play Northwestern, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping and I'm crossing my fingers that Northwestern uh, wins the game and and takes the upset. Right now, Northwestern is ranked 14th in the country at 6-1. Ohio State is still in the top four at 5-0. Their game against Michigan just got canceled, although I do think that was more in Michigan, but still, I I don't love the fact that they haven't played a a wide variety of games, and really, it's not all Ohio State's fault. It's really not. It's really more the fault in the Big Ten, so excluding Ohio State State isn't punishing Ohio State. It's punishing the Big Ten, punishing the Pac-12. Yeah, your Those conferences, could... it's their fault 100%. All right? They thought they were being heroic by canceling football. Yeah, no. and now your team might not get in. Exactly. Now we're in this position. Now, one thing that's really interesting to note, in 2014, TCU was the third-ranked team in the nation, and they went into their last game. Um, they, they actually won their last game. They finished 11-1. and 
and they actually fell three spots to six. Ohio State took their spot in 2014. Granted, it turned out well for Ohio State because they ended up winning the national championship. Um, but an interesting sign that was actually seen um, that game for, by one of the fans, the Titanic passed the eye test as well. It's very interesting because, yeah, you could let a team in because they look good and, and you know, they're a big name like the Titanic was, of course. Yeah. And it may not turn out well because for whatever reason. And that's kind of what I'm seeing this year from Ohio State. Granted, they could walk into the college football playoff and shock the world and win it again like they did in 2014. I can't see that happening. They've played five games. A lot can happen in the remaining seven games or six games after they play Northwestern. That They're missing six games. That can't happen. You can't do that. Yeah, 100%. I'd much rather see uh, Texas A&M in there. You want to know why? Um, well, first off, they're 7-1. They're, they're, they're the fifth-ranked team in the nation. But like I was saying, punish the Big Ten. Punish Pac-12. They try to take away football, not only from us, the fans, but from the players. Shame on them. Shame on the conferences. And not to be this guy, but shame on the politicians for even thinking about canceling football. All right, I'm a sports guy first, and I always will be, so I am biased when I say this, but I think playing football is more important right now. Get these kids jobs in the NFL. Get these kids something to look forward to. It's a shame that you try to take it away from them in the first place, and the fact that you try to make up for it and bring it back, and it blew up in your face. Not really complaining. Don't really feel bad for you. Yeah, but move it on. I'm right? sorry. Like, just sorry if we want to keep moving on. But like, I a lot the majority of people who are playing college sports, or at least a good percentage of them, especially football, they're not student. Yes, they're student athletes, but they're not planning after college to go get a desk job. They're planning to make it in the NFL, especially at, at football schools. Right? You think Alabama, uh, Miami, LSU, Clemson now, right? Ohio State. Their GPAs don't come first. It, yeah, exactly. had the, I had that conversation a couple of days ago. The GPA doesn't come first. So that, that, They're there to play football. 100%. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, they don't make money off their name and license as much as they should be. They will soon. They will soon. But when you're going on a football scholarship, what does that tell the kid? I'm like, going there to play sports. And yep. you know what? I'm trying to get to the next level. So if you try to take away games, that's an unfair That's that's an unfair advantage for other kids who may be playing a full season, even at a smaller school who are, who's just getting more opportunity to play. Put everyone on the same playing field. Either play them zero games, play everyone six games, or play everyone the full season. But you can't say... You, you can't have one one team or one conference play six games and another conference play 13. It doesn't matter. It's just that's not fair. 100%. And, and that's why and – I, I, and I've used this example because uh, I, I saw it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. That's why a coach like Mark Richt didn't work out in the end because his old school mentality wasn't sustainable for the times. He was a GPA first guy. And that's cool. But when you're the head coach of Miami, a big-time program, that's not what comes first. What comes first is winning at a program like Miami. If you're at Arizona State or if you're at Harvard or if you're at Penn State or another school that goes academic first, Syracuse for that matter, fine, 100,000%, that's okay. But if you're a big time or you want to be portrayed as a big time football school, you know what comes first and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Herm Edwards is working in Arizona State because Arizona State isn't even that big of a school to begin with. And they do both, but 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 they, they, they find a way to make it mix because they don't have five-star recruits, but they do have the three stars who do have the good grades. It's a mix. It's a perfect mix, and that's why Arizona State has been working with Herm Edwards. But away from that, playoff. Sub out Ohio State. Put in Texas A&M. That's the only team, though. 7-1. To me, though, that I think Texas A&M is the only team that that has a chance to leapfrog Ohio State. After the loss to LSU, Florida's out. I'm sorry. You can't lose to LSU. That's... I'm sorry. Bad, bad, bad. That's a bad loss. Marco Wilson. Do the Marco Wilson. Boom. 
Throw your shoe. Like, I know they have one of the worst defenses in the Power Five, and that's just not even a question, especially their secondary. They have the worst, probably the worst secondary in the SEC. But you can't lose to LSU. Kyle Trask, I'm sorry, you just didn't do enough for me, and you're not going to be a college football playoff. Iowa State, I don't think they're going to get in. Georgia, they've already had two losses. They're not getting in. Coastal, you had a good win, again, a good win over BYU, but that's about it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I really don't see anyone else taking the place uh, of Ohio State besides Texas A&M, unfortunately. That's just the way it might work. Now, maybe Northwestern makes a case. They do have the one loss, but that would be a big win over Ohio State. If they can beat Ohio State, I think they would put yeah. them in contention. I still don't think it will happen. I no, think I, I, if, I, if Northwestern beats Ohio State, I think Texas A&M gets in. 100%. And... Uh, well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We might get Ohio State, but if Ohio State does get in, the best thing that will happen is that they, they go a first-round exit. Yeah, and they right? just get trounced by Alabama. And I like how you brought up Coastal Carolina, right? Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, both unbeaten. Coastal is 11-0. and <laughs> They they played the most games besides Alabama and Notre Dame, right? Cincinnati is 8-0, and right? So we're talking about it. What do you do with these two teams? Right? I'm not going to put them in the playoff. Don't really have a, a Power 5 win. Fine. But here's a here's a question: Would you rather see both unbeaten teams play each other, or see the smaller group of five schools play a power five team? It's interesting because it would definitely be cool to see these two smaller schools go up against these power five teams. Um, it could uh, validate what they've been trying to work for this whole season. Okay, Coastal's real, Cincinnati's real. Whoever takes a win, or both, or neither. Um, for me personally, I think it would be very interesting to see these two teams play each other. Um, they're both undefeated this season. They've had both had a couple solid wins. Yeah, they're not Power Five schools, but they've had solid wins. Um, I'm curious to see how Coastal's offensive game plan works against Cincinnati. <laughs> Obviously, it, it's it's a little limited, but yeah, it's, a, it's basically Coastal's uh, offensive game plan is speed options. It's speed options. It's boring to watch, but credit to it them. Get, it gets the job done. Giving credit where credit's due. It works, and it's hard to stop. Uh, hopefully, maybe teams will uh, come out with a patch in the next update to fix it and defend it. But um, the, the two teams playing each other is probably not realistic because of you know the, the conference tie-ins with yeah. the bowl games mm-hmm. and whatnot. Course, but it, it would be a fun thing to see nonetheless. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, uh, these two teams have their conference championship games coming up soon. But uh, they are slated and they are favored in that one. But anything can happen especially in college football. Of course. But that's just how we feel about the playoff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see this Saturday uh, if Clemson can possibly get the revenge against Ooh. Notre Dame. Can Clemson get the revenge against Notre Dame? I think they can. I think so. Last time they came close, and Trevor Lawrence wasn't even playing. They had DJ Ugalele. That's not his name, but Ugalele nonetheless. Moana, right? Um, they, they came damn close, and now they'll have Trevor Lawrence on their side. Notre Dame, don't feel so spiffy. Yeah, look, I'm a Syracuse football fan, so I've endured a lot of pain, but I also got to see Notre Dame play. And I'm, I am I feel bad because Notre Dame, I thought, was a really good football team. But when you allow Syracuse to score 21 points, when they haven't had a quarterback to throw for over, I believe it's 150 yards in the entire season, that's not a good look. That's really not a good look. And Ian Book, he's a good quarterback. He's not my favorite uh, I He should not be. I, I, I've heard some people talking about him in contention for the Heisman. That's... I'm sorry, but that just can't. I don't. I don't agree Not with that. Not my favorite quarterback. Just whatsoever. because. Just because Notre Dame has a really good record. They're number two in the nation, and they're going to be in the college football playoff. Doesn't mean their quarterback needs to be in contention for the Heisman. I don't think Ian Books should be in contention for the Heisman. If you allow Syracuse to score 21 points, 
that's just not good enough. I think Clemson's a better football team. Yes, Trevor Lawrence hasn't had the best of games um, since coming back from the uh, since the two week break he took because of the the COVID uh, situation. Um, but he's still a better quarterback than Ian Book. I think Clemson's a better football team. So I, I, I can see Clemson taking this one and finally splitting that series for this year. Yeah, it, it'd probably be the best thing, too, because then maybe A&M can still sneak in and Ohio State can still sneak in. So then that way you get the best of both worlds. Uh, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, everything right now is waiting and seeing. It's all speculation until the conference championship games are played. But speaking of that, no, if you cut that out, but yeah. <laughs> until the conference championship games are played. All right, so away from college sports, right? It's Christmas time. It is Christmas Holiday time. season. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got uh, you know candy canes in our laptops, and it doesn't feel like there's much holiday spirit in the air. I mean, it's about you know ten nine days away. Yeah, you know what would really help with that to get you in the Christmas spirit is to have something to wear. You know, you could you could have the Christmas cookies, you could have the candy canes, you could put up your Christmas tree. But a piece of clothing, that's forever. Oh. How can we do that for people? Well, I'll tell you, we can get some great pieces of clothing. Have you ever heard of a Odyssey Collective? I have. Let me tell you, Odyssey Collective is, an, is a clothing brand dedicated to bringing the entertainment that inspires us to the clothes you wear. Their apparel thrives in minimalism and comfort. That's right. Minimal, comfortable, best of both worlds, right? And not only that, you can express... Uh, your favorite films and television series on the clothes you wear every day. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off to Dazed and Confused, they've got unique designs that'll bring back the memories of the classic films you grew up with, all right? That is their most recent collection. It's called the Coming of Age Collection, all right? Now, check out their uh, Coming of Age Collection and many more products available now at their Instagram, at Shop Odyssey Collective, and their website linked in the show notes below. Don't forget to use our code TAKESONTAP20 at checkout for 20% off your next purchase. Now, that is right. Great hoodies, great stuff, great shirts. We love it. You know, as much as we love Odyssey Collective, we can't let them get all the love. So, if you don't already do, follow us on Instagram at OfficialTakesOnTap. Ask us some Instagram questions. We have stories, IG lives. We're good to go on Instagram. On Twitter, it's at TakesOnTapShow. We're usually pretty active on there. We put our weekly picks on there. Scott had a rough week, but it's okay. Yeah, I, w- I went 7 and 8. Yeah, you did. I did go 10 and 5, but that's not that much better. Anyway, we will get better. Hopefully next year we're going to be a lot better. Uh, but yeah, if you don't already do, follow us on all socials there. Moving on, Instagram questions, best segment of the week. Yes, y- you always love the Instagram questions. I love them. The questions seem to get better and crazier and funnier every week. Every I love week. them. So, first question comes from Bernardo. He's asking... Should the Colts trade T.Y. Hilton and a fourth-round pick for Jordan Love? No. But that's terrible. I'm sorry, but that's really, really bad. I don't know you personally, but that's terrible. T.Y. Hilton is getting older. He's losing his step. That's fine, whatever you want to say. But he's still a very valuable piece to this organization. He's willing to take a pay cut um, to, to stay with the Indianapolis Colts for his last contract. I believe after whenever he his next contract ends, he's going to retire. So... He's willing to take a pay cut for this team to be able to win because I know he wants to be a Colt for life. A fourth round pick as well for Jordan Love, who hasn't played a game. I'm sorry, that's not good. That, that 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 I can't do that. I'm sorry, Bernardo. I, I feel bad saying this, bud, but I think this is one of the worst questions we've had, and we've that's, had a lot of bad questions. That's we, probably we had a question about incest. Like, yeah, that's bad. This it, is down there though. It, it's really down there, and here's the thing: like, you gotta think about it. If the Colts 
Why invest in Jordan Love when you have Jacob Eason on the bench already? I mean, right now you can say they're practically the same thing. All right, they haven't. They both haven't played the game. They're the third string quarterback and, on their respective teams, and they're both the third string quarterback. I don't like this trade at all, especially when the Colts could get someone like Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like the question. Not my favorite, but you know, keep it up, Bernardo. I mean, it's a question nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Next question comes from Dan, great friend of mine. Purchased the Kong beer bong. He did. He loves Big it. play right there. 10 out of 10 future. review from Dan on the Kong beer bong. Mm. His question is, what should the NFL slash NBA do next season in regards to COVID safety? Play. Yeah. Just play the game. 100%. That's pretty much the Look, simple answer. I'm not a scientist, but I will say, I think that by next year, uh, a lot of people will be vaccinated. I know the vaccine's already out. I don't want to give a, a science lesson, but I, I think as a sports fan, the best thing is, the best thing is to play the game. Yeah, look, right now it's kind of rough, so if we think, okay, it's going to be the same as next year, yeah, there could be some problems because obviously there's there's whatever's going on. We don't really know how to combat this in a locker room or in a facility. Next year we're going to have the vaccine. It's going to be fine. All we need to do is just play the game. It's going to be fine. These guys are going to be fine. I think this virus situation will improve by next year. I don't want to get into this, but the simple answer is, at least for right now, focus on this season, and all you want to focus on for next year is play. Just, yeah, just and, and give us press passes. That, that's that's yeah, That would be good, too. Hey, 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 Indianapolis, like, please. Hey, Miami. Please. Something, please. please. Tampa. Right? All we love Jacksonville, but, like, let's get some variety here. Yeah, Peach Bowl, maybe. Peach Bowl, national championship. Exactly, 100%. Uh, next question comes from Kareem. Okay. Get ready for this one. He is asking... If the vaccine for AIDS okay. had a 0.0000001% chance of giving you AIDS, would society still exist? That's a mindfuck right there. Um, very interesting question. Let's move on. I, um, you want to move on or you want to talk about this? Because you know what? I, I can't even wrap my head around this one. So good. I mean, I appreciate the question, Kareem. Yeah, I appreciate the question. Yeah. This, uh, got, this got my brain in a loop right now. Okay. Uh, next question. Yeah, let's move on. Final question. Coming from Emily. Mm-hmm. Emily, my dearest, she is asking, have you ever cried over your favorite team losing? I want to let you go first because I already know the answer is yes, and it was this past Sunday, but we'll... Yeah, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a regular tradition for me to cry after the Jets lose, yeah. 100%. Um, it's... Now, now it's more or less like a ritual. I, 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 I buy a certain brand of tissues. I always make sure to eat a certain kind of snack. It, it all depends because you don't want your tears to be too salty, mm-hmm. uh, right? So really, uh, yeah, every Sunday or, or Monday of the Jets play, I cry. Uh, we have not won a game this season. This is the most amount of tears I've spent. Uh, week ones are always the hardest cry, though, 100%. Yeah. Week ones are always the hardest cry because you have the most expectations, Right, uh, you're hyped and you're hyped and you're hyped throughout the whole summer. Week one comes and it's nothing like you imagined it in your head. So nothing will nothing will be as bad as a week one cry, but nonetheless, it's never easy. Now I'll tell you what is the worst cry, worse than week one, is a Super Bowl cry. The first time that I ever cried for my favorite team, which was the Indianapolis Colts, that was in 2009 in the Super Bowl. Um, I remember specifically I was sitting in my living room in Connecticut. And I watched live as Peyton Manning threw a pick six to Tracy Porter. And after that game, I, I'm pr- I, if I remember correctly, I was shut in my room the entire Monday 
I was, it was a terrible day because that was the first, I believe that was the first season where I was kind of old enough to really know a lot about football. And then I got really invested in my favorite team because before that I was a Peyton Manning fan. But now that was the first year where I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the team. I'm going to learn all the players. I knew all the players. Like it was awesome. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be awesome. And then they lost the Super Bowl like that, and that was that was tough. The second time that happened that, that I ever cried, and it wasn't actually for the Indianapolis Colts. No, I it remember was, this. This was for Peyton Manning, actually. And this was when he was in Denver. Do you remember the divisional playoff game against Baltimore? Yes, I do. When Jacoby Jones threw that, they, they got that Hail Mary, and yep. Jacoby Jones went in. Yep. I cried after that. That was terrible because wow. I was still I was still a Peyton Manning fan because I had been a Peyton Manning fan since I was four years old. And, I, of course, I was still an Indianapolis Colts fan, but I was rooting for Peyton Manning. I wanted him to do well because the Colts had already been knocked out of the playoffs at that point, so I wanted him to do well. That was my next rooting interest. And when they lost like that, once again, it broke my heart. It just I, I cried a lot that day. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's not easy, bud, but I, I'd rather cry once than 16 times. That's true, yeah. So, I mean, it's never easy. At all, but get prepared. It, it, Buy your tissues for this weekend. It's a part of the game. It, it just is. Unfortunately, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, so let's move on. We're gonna talk uh, just a little bit briefly about the upcoming week in the NFL. We're not gonna touch upon it too much. There's not really too many great games, but there are two specifically that we want to highlight. So the two matchups that we want to talk about are really intriguing because this week there are a lot of stakers. A lot. Too many to name, but I mean, I'll just give you a preview. I think one would just do the trick. How about Dallas and San Francisco? The battle of the backups. Oh, there's a lot of bad games, but there's two that really stand out, and one of them is going to be great because we get to see Alex Smith again, and the Washington football team is looking really, really nice. They play Seattle this week. What do you got? Yes, the Washington football team. Go, team, go. You know I like them. I, that's my pick to win the division, and right now they're you know, holding up their end of the bargain. Uh, their defense, scary and vastly underrated, just like a lot of players on that team. They don't get enough love. I think that this should be the night game. The Chiefs and the Saints should be the night game, but the Sunday night game is the Giants and the Browns. But nonetheless... Yeah. Let's take a look at this one. You know I love Seattle. I love Russell Wilson. But, uh, of course, I'm going to pick Washington because I want the Seahawks to lose so the Jets get a better draft pick. <laughs> I want them to get in a better position for that. Russell Wilson, I love you, buddy. But, essentially, you've already guaranteed your greatness because... Russell Wilson is the only player in NFL history to have nine-plus wins in each of his first nine seasons. Exactly. He's already cemented his greatness. So share. Share some wins over to the Jets. You know, maybe bring us your energy and lose so we get a better draft pick. But let's talk about Washington real quick, right? Alex Smith, efficient, and that's what they need, really. That's what he's always been. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins, for whatever reason, doesn't work out in the locker room. He's not well-received. But uh, efficiency is what Alex Smith brings, and that's why I like to watch him. It's just a different style of football. Uh, he had an injury scare uh, last week against San Francisco, but he seems to be okay and is extremely hopeful to return this Sunday against Seattle. Right? His, his completion percentage is 42%. That's what it was against San Francisco. Not great. He had just 57 passing yards before leaving the game. But they win. They find a way to win. I, I love Antonio Gibson on the ground. He brings something good. Uh, J.D. McKissick as well. Lots of Ask speed. Maniac over there. Lots of speed. And, you know, I think the most underrated receiver in the NFL. 
Terry McLaurin. Terry Without McLaurin. a doubt, one of the most underrated receivers. You know what? One of the most underrated players in the league right He's now. He's got 1,000 yards. 1,000 yards. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if someone gave me their top 10 wide receivers. They put him in the top five. Yeah. I think that's a stretch for right now, but I definitely think he's in the top 10. He has been so good. And their defense, their defense is incredible. Chase Young, Chase, essentially. Chase Young's defense rookie of the year. Yeah. I was kind of denying it, it a few weeks ago. I'm like, you know what? Julian Blackman's, I, I think he should be rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. Chase Young's defensive rookie of the year. That's not even a question. He's been playing out of his mind. And I, I really, really like their chances. Like, I have a strong feeling they're going to win the division. They have a fair chance to beat Seattle, especially considering Seattle's coming off a loss against the, the Giants. Giants so. Yeah. I mean, you look at, the, at Washington's defense. John Bostic, the linebacker, he's getting up there in age, but he's producing. He leads the team with 96 tackles. He, he stops people. Kendall Fuller's got four interceptions. He leads the team, you know. A, a lot more than you see from Blitz Boy Jamal Adams. He can't even catch a pass. But he has the most sacks by a defensive back in, in a season in NFL history with eight and a half. So. But Kendall Fuller plays for Washington. Go team, go! <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I, I love Washington. I do. I like their story. Coach Ron Rivera. They really get behind him. They don't even have a mascot. So all they all they really think about is Ron Rivera and Alex, and, Smith. And, and Alex Smith, really. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see Washington, you know, win the division, possibly make the playoffs. I, I'm I'm sure that Nickelodeon will, will probably give the <laughs> the playoff game to Washington. Exactly. Probably. If you didn't already know, Nickelodeon, the kids' channel, will be broadcasting an NFL playoff game. Nate Burleson. Yeah. Noah Eagle, Ian Eagle's son, will be on the call for that game in January. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But the other matchup that we do want to discuss here, and I think should be a much better matchup than pretty much any of the ones this week, even the Washington one, the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the New Orleans Saints. Now, we're not certain if Drew Brees is going to be fit to play this week. There's still no word as of right now. Uh, But these two teams are juggernauts in the NFL. The big question for me, can Patrick Mahomes rebound from his first multi-interception game of the season? He threw three interceptions against the Dolphins um, in a very, very close win. A lot of people were really discounting the Chiefs after that one, saying they're not a real team. Colin Coward even put the Buffalo Bills as the best team in the league over them, which I think is a huge stretch. But Mahomes had his first real struggle of the season. Um, after only He threw for two interceptions in his first 12 games, and now finally he throws for three. Um, on Sunday against Miami. So what do you think about this game? It's a big question. Well, about the interceptions, like, sure, he threw three picks, but nobody talks about the fact that he threw for 394 yards, something like that, a lot, right? And he he really slung it down the field. Miami's got a great defense, and nonetheless, Kansas City found a way to win. It was only so close because, well, it really came down to an onside kick. Uh, it, It is Miami, but, I mean, these games happen. It's a long season, and Kansas City needed to be tested. I think now that they've been tested... You know, they know, hey, we are good enough to win. Um, On the flip side, New Orleans is New Orleans. We saw them pound the living crap out of Tampa. Kansas City is not Tampa, but nonetheless, they will will not have Drew Brees probably. That's my prediction. I don't think Drew Brees comes back this week. Um, Taysom Hill against that Chiefs defense will be interesting to watch. It will be. Because if the Saints couldn't even contain Philadelphia, you know, Jalen Hurts on the ground, what are they going to do with uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. I think New Orleans is definitely on the disadvantage here. I, I don't really like their defense as much as I like Kansas City's. Both kind of possess a bend but don't break kind of kind of situation on defense. They both, you know, they don't have lockdown defenses, but they're they're pretty they're solid enough considering the offensive talent that they have. 
Um, Alvin Kamara is going to be a big question for me. He's kind of, ever since Taysom Hill took over as a starting quarterback, he's lost a lot of rushing, a lot of touches because those have been going to Taysom Hill. Um, so it, is this going to be the game where we see Alvin Kamara back and doing what he's doing? Because the problem that I see is that the Chiefs have had so many weeks of film now to game plan for Taysom Hill. They know what's going to be able to come, and they know that he's not a strong passer. So if they can contain the run, they can beat him. They're, the Chiefs' secondary can beat Taysom Hill through the air. The question is, if, now that they have film, they can be able to beat Taysom Hill on the ground. So Alvin Kamara, I think this needs to be the game where they finally unleash him, just like they were, what they were doing with Drew Brees. Yeah, nothing to watch out for in this game. Right now, Travis Kelsey, he leads the NFL in receiving yards. That's really? right. A tight end. Travis Kelsey, not really surprised, however. Because he's basically a receiver. Exactly. He he leads the NFL in receiving yards, but not only is he a receiver. I mean, if you looked at that Miami game, he had a nasty block. He did. Real nasty block, but he's on a uh, record-breaking pace. You know, he's he's on pace to beat the single-season receiving record by a tight end. It was set by George Kittle back in 2018. Right, uh, Kelsey had the record before, but now he has a chance to get it back. So yeah. nothing to watch out for. Um, but nonetheless, it's going to be a great slate of NFL games. Uh, it, it'll be a, a great slate of games the week after, and to close out the season as well. Now we here at the Takes on Tap show will not be able to give you the full coverage of the NFL scoops for week uh, 16 and 17, but no need to worry because we will be there. All right, we're dropping. Some great content. We're going to talk Christmas movies, uh, sports movies, top 10 sports moments of 2020. We'll be there to fill your needs Mm. during uh, your time away from your family when you need to just get a break and close out. Because, you know, family time can be be taxing too much sometimes. But you know what you could do? Just sit down, plug in your headphones, get your AirPods out, whatever you want to do, and just listen to Takes on Tap Show. Yes, and and that stuff will be out in the next coming weeks to fill, uh, you know, your, your eager dying urge for our episodes. We got you covered. Of course, 100%. Yeah, before we step away, do want to give a shout out, of course, the sponsor, Kong Beer Bong. If you already haven't, get it. Great, great Christmas gift. You know, EVA foam technology, personal, portable. Link in the show notes. QR code will be posted on Instagram, um, Twitter. It's pinned. Go ahead, check it out. The Kong Beer Bong. Yeah. And, you know, we want to wish you all you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, safe Happy, healthy New Year. We're excited for 2021. We're pumped. We're going to have a great time. And yeah, this was the Takes on Tap show. Brought to you by Belly Up Sports. Scott Kirk. Brandon Daniels. Merry Christmas. <laughs>